How many followers do you have on Twitter? Has social media made us all into celebrities? What do celebrities tell us about ourselves? And how do we live faithfully in a world of social media? Welcome to Talking Theology, a podcast of Cramer Hall Durham, where we explore some of life's big questions and try to join the dots between theology, church and the world. I'm your host, Philip Fleming. And in today's show, I'll be talking to Pete Ward. Pete is Professor of Practical Theology in the Department of Theology and Religion at Durham University. And the question we're exploring today is, what's the link between theology and celebrity? Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Pete, welcome to Talking Theology. Thank you. Nice to be here. Pete, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to your present role as Professor of Practical Theology here at Durham. Oh, gosh. Um, well, I started as a youth worker, spent about 15 years working with young people, uh, mainly those who were outside the church. And then through a variety of odd means, I ended up working in at King's College London. And then now I'm here um, in the theology department and at St. John's as Professor of Practical Theology. Tell us what that involves, for yeah, those well, of us who might not know. <laughs> I was once stopped, actually, at the Canadian border, and the guy said, what do you do? I said, practical theology. He said, I didn't know that theology could be practical. And I thought, well, that's, you know, am I going to get in? Uh, how do I? I said, well, I like to think that all theology is practical. Yeah. Which uh, Was is he persuaded by this argument? Um, no, he looked rather sceptical, actually. Which, to be honest, uh, I probably agree with him. <laughs> but it's the art of connecting. It's often about where theological exploration starts, which is in the practical stuff of everyday life, and then applying. Well, I, I, I think I think that um, I think one of the most important tasks we might have in the church is to be reflecting on both what's happening in the church and what's happening in the world, and um, having the tools to be able to do that, in other words, to make connections between um, perhaps the more formal theological disciplinary areas and life. And uh, I think practical theology is that connecting thing. Um, it, it, it makes use of the ability to look at what's going on um, both in the Christian church and in wider society. And then it starts to ask, um, uh, uh, think theologically about those things. One of the areas you've been writing on uh, recently, and in fact you're writing on it at the moment, is celebrity. You've published one book, you've got another book forthcoming. What was it that made you feel the need to write and explore and do those connection, that connecting work between celebrity and theology? I, I mean, I, I don't think I'm the kind of person that, that works that way. In, in other words, I don't think I have a, oh, this is really important because, and that's why I spend my time doing it. I think I have a kind of intuition that something's really important, and then I discover why it's important. And so um, it's, it's in writing the book and thinking through what I'm doing on celebrity that um, I'm getting some sense of how crucially important it is, actually. 
So what was it that got the intuition going in the first place? You think, I think that could be a really important question about what's going on with celebrity. Was it any particular event or was it a kind of build up of questions of what you've noticed? Well, I, th- I think one of the things about celebrity is that they're all pervasive. Mm. You, I mean, it, uh, you can't avoid them. No, you can't really. And, and one of the things, to, uh, my definition of celebrity is somebody who is in the media. And um, if you think of all the media that we consume, actually it's human faces on it, whether it be film, television, and now social media. It's all about people, people's stories, people's images, people's faces, people's bodies. Um, And so celebrity in that sense is... uh, Celebrities are not just extraordinarily famous people actually there's a sense in which we're all to some extent celebrities and particularly perhaps because with the advent of social media we all have the chance to present ourselves yeah yeah you get it, it used to be in, in 2000 years ago it was just augustus who managed to get his face on the coins yes he was probably a celebrity of the ancient world yes and whoever else could have formed a big statue. Yeah, 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 exactly. I was met someone dog walking the other day who said that his mate was um, at uh, Hexham Abbey and they'd been working on the garden. His mate came along, suddenly picked up something and it was a little Roman coin with a picture of Hadrian on it. But it's, yes, in those days... Um, they were a celebrity. Uh, yeah, well, not a celebrity, I think, um, but certainly famous and somebody mm. of renown. Mm. Um and what makes them famous and of renown is the ability to reproduce themselves mm. in image mm. and for that image to be spread around. Now, what's, what's happened with social media is that we now, and with, with, with the mobile phone, of course, is terribly important, is that, is that we can take images of ourselves and, and spread them around or other people can take images of us and spread them around. And, and so what was once in the hand only of of um royalty um or 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 the roman emperors or 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 whatever is now actually something that we or in you know um 50 years ago was like hollywood and and the star system and pop meet people that the culture industries controlled the ability to reproduce images now actually that that has been democratized it's in all our hands You've painted a kind of a journey there, Pete, about 2,000 years ago, the image was in the control of really very few people. And perhaps I've often heard it argued that coins were the mass media of the ancient world. 50 years ago, you said that was within the film industry that was managed by studios and agents via mass media and newspapers and films. Mm-hmm. And now we're in this wholly new territory of self democratization as you say of the image which is that we're able to produce it ourselves is that kind of fair assessment of how you think are there any other points in the journey of the celebrity that that we need to well i I think one of the things that that is is highly significant is um the the making of what is personal public and um so um the sociologist irving goffman talks about um uh, behind the stage uh, and yeah. backstage and on stage and in the previous generation of 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 um uh the hollywood era and so on um w- going backstage was like this privileged peak 
uh, at, at what's going on in somebody's private and personal life. Um, and that became a means to generate the celebrity as a star that could sell the product. Um, but that was largely controlled. I, I think what's what started to change now is, is, is the sort of unbridled um, presentation of the private and the personal. Um, one of the key moments of change was uh, paparazzi. The, the telephoto lens meant that people could take um, pictures that were not um, that, w- that weren't arranged by the Hollywood system. Um, one person talks about a very famous photo of Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor embracing in swimming clothes on the top of a boat near Rome, in the, in the sea near Rome. Um, at the time, they were both married, and the Pope objected big time to, to this immoral um, intimacy. Now, th- those images that, that sort of broke the veneer, they, they broke the story of the affair between Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor. They, they uh, took the, the personal and they put it into the public sphere. Um, so I, I think that's a, that's an extraordinarily important one. Now, what's interesting about social media is that, in a sense, all of us are kind of doing that all the time ourselves. Um, we're 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 taking people into the private and the personal, and then we're we're publicising that. Thinking about that way in which social media has blurred that public-private distinction, the on-stage, the backstage. I was reading an article recently about Alfie Days, who is uh, YouTube royalty, apparently, um, and an A-list influencer with 11 million subscribers on YouTube, 5.4 million, 5. million Twitter followers, 4.3 million on Instagram. You get the idea. And it talked about the way in which he, on YouTube, he shows people around every single corner nook and cranny of his house so you see exactly where he's cooking and where he's sleeping where he goes to the toilet you know you, you know everything and yet he goes to extraordinary lengths to protect the location of where he actually lives mm. so this in one sense this is eliding of public and private and yet on the other hand he still realizes he needs some private life yeah and and i also think uh, um uh you've mentioned all those numbers um whilst one can say that we're all doing this not all of us have got 11 million followers no we're you and i are somewhere short aren't we we might be i think Mm. yeah um but um so um there are winners and losers in this in this game um and of course the winners are able to monetize um because the, the whole purpose of celebrity is is to make money he, Alfie Day says he intends to be a YouTuber when he's 40. That's his job. Right. That's, you know. Yeah, if uh, YouTube still exists when he's 40. That's a, which is an open question. Yeah. One of the things you've also written on is is uh, Justin Bieber and a great sort of exploration of the Justin Bieber and the Beliebers, as his fans are called. What's going on with that that trend I know you've had an encounter where he kind of turned up next door, didn't he? To... Well, I wasn't there, but um, I work uh, uh, in Norway and um, at the college where I where I teach, and like here, train they train ministers, 
um, Justin Bieber turned up in the next door building doing doing a concert, and and the whole of the college was surrounded by these fans, you know, and um, so the ministerial students were looking out the windows at at people who who in a sense were worshipping a different kind of um, icon in 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 some ways. What do you think is remarkable about that particular trend, though, and what what that represents? Well, it's an interesting question about whether the relationships that we build or people have with celebrities are actually about the celebrities or whether it's about ourselves. Now, I... I think it's a mistake to think it's about the celebrity. So celebrity worship is not really, I think, about the celebrities themselves. I think what's going on is a certain sort of emotional connection um, that's that's part of um, a processing of our own um, selves in relation to these people. Um, There's been some research into how fans react when celebrities die. And um, so with the recent death of of David Bowie, for instance. Um, And uh, some of that research, the the, the respondents that talk about their experience of uh, following David Bowie's death was some sense that something of themselves had died. So there there, there there was a feeling that because of the attachment that was there at various points in their life, when when David Bowie dies, there's it's a loss that that affects their sense of who they are, and and a really interesting thing was that quite a number of the people that were interviewed had individuals who they immediately went to, like their mother or their brother or their boyfriend who um, there was, with whom they wanted to share this experience of the death of the celebrity, but talk over what the person meant to them in their life. So, so what, that, what that's pointing to is that the attachments that, that we have are as much about ourselves as they are actually about um, the individual. We've traced a number of kind of themes and questions. There's the question of image, as much image of body as well as face, and the extent to which we are able to control or or not. There's the question of the sense of being known and visible across that public-private distinction. There's the question you've just raised about identity and whether... An attachment to celebrities is merely about our own identity rather than about that celebrity themselves. Are there theological questions you see in those particular topics? You can start wherever you like. Are there any of those? What are the theological questions raised by those themes that we're drawing out of this celebrity culture? Um, I, th- I think one of the most important ones is that... Um, the self has become the lens through which we live life. Um, and that celebrities, in a sense, are the um, 
they, they're a means of processing that, uh, the, the importance of the self to every area of life and topic of life. Um, so, to, so to give you an example, um, I think for previous Christian generations, the notion of duty... I I I need to go and spend, you know, 30 years of my life and not get married and go overseas and be a missionary. Why? Because the gospel has called me. It's what it's my sense of calling to God. I think someone doing something extraordinary nowadays is much more likely to say something like um By doing this extraordinarily challenging thing, I'm living up to the to the best of of who I am in God. I'm I'm becoming I'm becoming I'm fulfilling the purpose of what God has called me to. So even in spiritual language, there is a self fulfillment going on, yeah, yeah. self actualization. I think so. I think so. And um, that reflects a widespread turn, uh, the self becoming the lens through which we process and see things. And what celebrities are, are extraordinary selves that that populate the media, um, but they're extraordinary selves in relation to whom we process our sense of self. So our fascination with them is as much about ourselves. It's entirely about ourselves than I it think. is about them, and it's a vicarious processing of what it means to be ourselves. Yes, I think so. I, th- I, I mean, um, for people working in the area of celebrity, one of the key issues is gossip, that celebrity fulfills our desire for gossip. But we can gossip about celebrities in a way that it feels like there's no, um, there's no consequences to what we think or say about these people, because they're not real people. Um, but nevertheless, that means that we can process things like, you know, if I had all that money, I wouldn't do that. Or if I was married to him, I'd probably go and have an affair with her. Or whatever it is that, that people are beginning to work through. They're working, they're working through their sense of self, but also moral and uh, issues uh, about the self. And um th- that's part of part of the shift towards uh, the one of one of the the uh, and i would say this uh, one of the key sacreds now is the self what are the theological resources that you, that one might use to offer a critique to that uh, the first theological resource is to with humility and patience listen to what's going on in culture um for instance uh, when i say the self self is sacred um when i drive home i'll probably have to pass two or three men in lycra riding bicycles um there will also be joggers and there'll be ramblers with all the gear all of these things are, are an indication that the self is a project, that our highest calling, our biggest sacred, 
what Tillich might have called our ultimate concern, is the self as project. Now, there are Christian versions of that. Now, I mean, if you go to a Christian bookstore, the, 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 the books on self-help and therapy for the self or leadership or management will far exceed books on the theology of the New Testament. Uh, I'm hearing a whisper here, though, that as well as being attentive and listening carefully, there's just a a whisper of this isn't perhaps a full account of (laughs) what it means to be in Christ. Um. I, I'm I'm very 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 hesitant to go that route yet. I think um, I want to point it out. I mean, another aspect of this is how many times do you mention me or I when you go and sing a worship song in church? Um, the the whole of our experience of God in the contemporary church contemporary worship scene is processed through the self. Now, on the one hand, I think it's just been amazing how people's experience of God in all of that. So I see really good things there. But I also look at it and I think, hmm, it doesn't it doesn't seem quite it doesn't it doesn't ring quite true to me. Um I'm not quite as comfortable with it as as the substitution of the self for Christian doctrine theology, um, that might be a bit of a problem. So, so I think I think there's a paradox of of something that's that that might be problematic, but also a place of blessing, and that makes me think that th- jumping to normative statements. Jumping to all oh, this is wrong about that uh, too quickly um, might miss um, what's valuable there. I think. So is it possible, therefore, to speak about opportunities, therefore, rather than critique? What the opportunities of theologically engaging with a a, a culture a culture culture of celebrity that is a much a expression of the sacred self. Yeah, I mean, I think, you see, I've ranged from people in Lycra, mammals, you know, middle-aged men in Lycra, riding bicycles, to charismatic worship songs. The reason why I've done that is that I think they're the same thing. You know, it's the self as project at the centre of what's going on. There's a linked spirituality. Now, for me, I think that's missiologically really, really interesting that... Um, in a sense, I, I, th- I think I think the church has tried to think of itself as distinct and different, um, and I actually think that it's it's just on the same page. It's doing the same sort of thing. It's 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 cultured um, far more perhaps than it is willing to recognise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so. It's just that one people are doing it on a bike and other people are doing it in pews, really. Um, so, on the one hand, there's an opportunity. That's an opportunity because 
we're in the same game saying the same sorts of things. On another, uh, on another level, it might be that we're syncretistic, that we've sold out, <laughs> uh, or partly sold out, if you know what I mean. I think we're often deluded, that would be, <laughs> as the church. Can I come back to one of the things you mentioned earlier about that eliding of the private and the the public? And what it is to disclose all about ourselves all the time as a projection of the self, the, the sacred self. I'm wondering if there's something in there about there's always something held back within that projection. We talked about Alfie Days holding something back and however much we project, that's never a complete picture. And sitting that alongside with with our lovely psalms about, oh God, you know, search me and you know me. Mm. And that sense of we might project how we feel, I know we know ourselves and yet there is a, a God who knows us better than our social media accounts display does any of that ring any bells? Yeah, I think. I, I, I mean, I think um, all of us now have to manage an online and offline self, and w- all of us, to some extent, are manufacturing. We're performing ourselves, both um, sort of live and digitally, um, and that that performance. Um, we we self-consciously think about what we're putting out there. Um, and I think that's increasingly the case. I think, I think more and more we're, individuals are realising that there's this payoff between publicity and self-disclosure, for instance. Um, I mean, if you're following someone on Twitter and all they do is plug something um eventually you stop being interested don't you but if but if they give a bit of their personal life and whatever and then they talk about what they're up to you it it it, it, there's this link between authenticity and and um what what's going on you know what's the um uh it's a sharp question i know but Give us a sense of, in the light of that challenge of how we project and how we manage ourselves in this culture of celebrity, are there any pointers that as followers of Jesus Christ we might want to just bear in mind about what a healthy way of doing that is, what a faithful way of doing that is and what the opposite might look like? Um, well, one of the things that I, has been interesting to me, I, I mean, I've, I've got people who follow me, say, on Facebook, who some of them are very church, Christian, that sort of thing. And some of them are just people I've met because I play music or we live close by. or um, And so private spaces where Christians can talk 
you know, as if to insiders. Um, the, uh, something like Facebook is not that. Mm. And I think realising that, and I think that's quite a good thing, actually, realising that people will see what's going on. They'll know what's being said. And I think I think that that perhaps will um, help us to become perhaps more... Um, uh, self-conscious about some of the things that we that might pass muster uh, within a, a more closed agreeing group um, I think I think the other thing that is a, a, a slight bugbear of mine is um, I like I get these tweets I'm just so excited about what God's going to do at our event or it's just so great that God's going to show up and at my um, conference at the National Exhibition Centre. <laughs> and, and to choose an example at random. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I don't know whether anyone does that, but um, and the sort of cheery, excited optimisticness of of certain brands of the Christian Church. Is just so see-through, really, the building of a brand. But what? But bringing God into this seems, <laughs> in other words, you know, at my event, it's going to be really exciting because God's going to do some things. And I, I just wonder who this God is, who who we can confidently tweet about in this way. It strikes me that in the to go back to Augustus in the first century and the projections of male beauty and strength that were the currency literally of mass circulation coins it's striking that the apostle paul chose to tell very different stories of his own brokenness and of his own trial and of his own hardship and the way that the god he believed in was seen in that place yes well that would be a corrective to some of the over optimistic branding and and i mean i can't get away from my Twitter feed is also full of tales of church sexual abuse. And, and you know, it's not just the Catholic Church, it's, it's all over. And, and, it's, and some people who are my friends, who I've, you know, admired, are, are embroiled in some of the stories. So it's the, the sense of just, hang on a minute, you know, branding ourselves and optimism, perhaps we need to just cool it a cool bit. Down a bit. It just, or at least try and learn the lessons of what's going on. Are there any other lessons for you as a user, as a teacher, as a disciple of Christ yourself? about living in this culture we've moved from recognizing that it's a culture of celebrity to actually it's a culture of the sacred self what are the things where it's landed for you pete if i can ask yeah good good a really good question um i think i mean more and more significant for me is is just playing music with people Last night I was in the pub playing music with with people in Hexham, and um, and how restorative that was, uh, and and wonderful. 
and um, just feeling that, um, you know, I probably didn't want to go because I was feeling exhausted, but actually how how helpful and upbuilding it is. And there's a, there's a question for me about um, what God is doing in that kind of thing. Uh, which which I'm puzzling over. We'll puzzle too. But thank you for setting the question. Pete Ward, thanks ever so much for appearing on Talking Theology. Thank you. You have been listening to Talking Theology, a podcast from Cranmahal, Durham. Cranmahal is a theological college within St John's College in the University of Durham, training people for ministry in the Church of England and other denominations. Find out more about us at cranmahal.com.